Hey, what's up, guys? Zero for Hire, and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I have been in a mood all day long, and it's not like I hate everything or I'm super angry or anything. I'm just like a, a little more than annoyed. Like, I'm not slightly annoyed. I'm, a, I'm, anno- I'm it's, and I'm not annoyed. It's above that. It's, it's a little bit past annoyed with like everything. I'm like partial way into my Abe Simpson old man phase of thinking today. That's where I am. And a big, I think a big part of it is that I threw my sleep schedule off. So for the, you know beginning part of the year I was getting up at like five in the morning to drive an hour to be somewhere an hour early to prepare for a job so there was like a good two two and a half hour period where I was in preparation mode starting at five in the morning and now my day starts about nine o'clock which you would think I'd be better with that but for some reason it feels like a good portion of the day is gone now Like, I wake up at 9 o'clock, and I'm like, crap, the morning is almost done. So there's already, like, a weird jarring there, because I used to sleep in till noon. And now I wake up at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. If I wake up at 10 or 10.30, good night. I am, I'm just like, crap, I I feel, like, depressed for the rest of the day. Um, so there's that, you know, it's, it's about 11 o'clock right now, and yeah, my morning is about gone. I woke up, I ran to the, uh, to the market to get some, some cereal and milk so the kids could have breakfast. I got myself breakfast and I went to sit down and play a video game and usually on my day off, everyone in the RV is cleaning everything. It's like deep cleaning day, but they just like took it overboard and now I'm driving to Harrison to cash a paycheck that I think is in my bag, but I'm not really sure. I guess I'll find out when I get there because I need to get Odoban. Odoban is an amazing product for getting rid of mildew and, you know, smells and stuff. Anyways, that's what's going on in my personal life. Yesterday, I finished part of the script for the second scene in the audio drama so on the last day audio drama you have the intro scene where Steve and Silas sneak into the facility you have that opening scene before that where it kind of gives some like vague narrative and then you have the scene with Kyson uh, at the meeting yelling at his soldiers and things like that now I'm starting to realize that with all the detail these audio dramas are going to be more than a 22 page comic 24 page comic I'm saying 22 because uh, I opened the comic with a splash page and so right now the first page is blank and so in my mind if the first page is blank then the last page is probably blank and I have to figure out what I'm going to do with those pages I'll probably use it to sell advertising or something to be honest but You know, this gets me one step closer in the journey for creating my comic. I thought that each episode would be its own self-contained comic, but if I do, I'm guessing it's going to end up being like 54 pages. 
and that really drives up the cost, which I'm not, that's not a problem for me, it just, if it's going to drive up the cost for me by a factor of two and a half, then it's definitely going to drive up, you know, those savings get passed down the line. And I think it'd be easier to do fundraising on a comic that's already done, even if the story isn't quite done yet. Like, the more I start reading comics, and, I start, and I've been going to this comic store, the more I started realizing that it's kind of like a light snack. You know, like when, when, you're, when you're on your lunch break and somebody just hands you like a bag of Doritos or something and, and an apple. Like, that's, that's comics. It's not quite a sandwich and enough to get you full. But it is, it is enough to amuse you slightly for a little bit. And so I got this, uh, this comic called Punchline from Antarctic Press. And I never got into it because I didn't understand the, the theme or what it's about or, what, or whatever. But Antarctic Press and Iconic Comics seem to be working hand-in-hand hand quite a bit. And a lot of their characters are these like female-driven military special agents with superpowers that seems to be the case but like some of them are ridiculous like there's like one chick that just wears a onesie like a unicorn onesie but I guess she has a machine gun I don't know if she actually has powers she's just like a really good machine gunist with a unicorn onesie it seems silly but then you have the other girl who can fly and she seems to have super strength and they're all basically Supergirl with some sort of twist, or uh, not not Supergirl. Let's say like Miss Marvel. Yeah, they're all like Miss Marvel with a twist. So if you guys remember the original Miss Marvel, she flies, she has durability, and she has super strength. And then you take that, and you can have uh, like a really good framework to build on. So I'm gonna have to get into some back issues. There's only 15 issues right now, and I guess there's some special stuff. But I'm enjoying this universe that I'm seeing. So the artwork was done in the Iconic Comics punchline style, which is much closer to, um, you know, real human anatomy with some tweaks. Things are kind of exaggerated still. It's like a hybrid between 90s Marvel and DC Comics, but crossed with uh, anime. So it's, it's kind of a realistic, like, um, what, what, what would you say, like, Oh My Goddess, or um, when X-Men decided to do, like, an Americanized anime style, something like that. It's very detailed, very realistic, and a lot of the pages in this punchline number 15 are, like, splash covers, so you'll have a full page, you know, like, you have one girl, she's a ninja, and she does this thing. And so it shows like an action sequence, but it's one giant splash page where she's throwing her turtle like a knife, ninja star or something. And so you see in one corner of the page, she's getting ready to throw it. And then she's already thrown it. And then by the time you get to the right side of the page, the, the turtle thing has already, you know, just before he hits his target. So it looks kind of like a cool little motion across the splash and then the next character's like, you, you think that's an attack? Let me show you something. And then she fires some missiles. But it's really what it is. It's a sequence of two or three drawings as a splash page meant to convey action. It looks really cool, but it takes up a lot of real estate. And so I kind of felt gypped with the story-wise because it was like, 
there's some light banter and then there's this amazing artwork splashed across two pages or four pages but that's just very very little short part of the story like I said like some light banter but I'm learning from it because like yes it does look cool and and this this number 15 it's like within the first page or two you get a gist of what's going on you know they're showing up they're here to fight this monster and things went out of hand very quickly by the third page and so they do a good job of moving the story along quickly and it's just like an action-packed snack so I gave that to my wife and my kid. They, they can read it. And I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people who's just like, don't touch my comic. It's all the corners. Like, none of this is ever going to be worth any money. And even if it is, like, I'm not going to be able to get anything for it. Like, I've, I meticulously saved and protected comics from the 90s. And, like, nobody cares. So I'm just not going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Like, comics are meant to be enjoyed. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and then even, like, stuff that was expensive that I couldn't get my hands on back in the day like let's say gen 13 number one it's still it's still worth twenty dollars and so I'm like well you know my brother liked gen 13 maybe I'll get him this for Christmas or something like it can't believe I just said that on a podcast um I don't think he listens that much but you know when I was a kid, it was 30 bucks, and now it's, and, and today it's 30 bucks, like, I don't see the point in me getting, like, oh, I'm gonna save this comic forever, because it's just, like, nobody cares, it's never gonna be worth anything, just enjoy it, that, that's, and that's how I'm approaching it now, comics are meant to be enjoyed, they're gonna be a dime a dozen, uh, nobody's really doing anything so amazing that you have to, you know, vault it or whatever, you get a comic graded 9.5 or it's just going to sit on the shelf and nobody will buy it. So I'm not, I'm not going to stress myself out with that stuff. I will enjoy all of this artwork and then I'll pass it on to as many people as I, as I meet and let them enjoy it. And I think that's going to be really cool. So that's what I want my comics to be like. Now at the same time, it's not meant to just be like my, my gift isn't art. You know, my gift isn't drawing. My gift is writing. So I'm going to indulge and embellish in the story. And I want the story to be immersive. And I want it to draw you in as much as possible. But I also want it to be something of a slow burn. So that's the challenge is with comics being a... With comics being a visual medium, you want good art. But it's forgivable if the art's not super great. Let me to give you an example. Um, well, let me finish my statement, then I'll give you an example. But you need the story to be good because if the story's not immersive, then it doesn't really matter if the art's good. It just becomes a picture book where you never actually read it and you never know what the story is about. And that's the other thing that's a challenge is sometimes the art is so good that it overshadows the story. And so you end up like flipping through the pages trying to see the next sequence of art rather than reading the dialogue on the page and that could be a number of reasons it could be I think it's an issue of they're trying to put too much on one page because they think that the reader will get bored and I think that if you stretch your book out and this is what I mean by a slow burn stretch your book out if you've got 
a long conversation, it, then it's it, and it's necessary to the story. Then you should have some things happening, even if they're small things that progress the story or give context to what's going on. So you could do a flashback. If you have two people sitting at a table, um, if they're working together, you can show them working. Um, but you know, if you got two guys working on a factory line, having a conversation about something necessary to the story, and that's all the artwork is, then yeah, it's kind of a problem. Unless it's a very realistic, like almost noir style detective story or something where you need to have the attention of the reader and you need to focus everything on the room. And that's what I'm looking at right now is, you, you know, sometimes you have a long drawn out situation because you're building tension and how do you convey that? So what I'm trying to do is uh, I give instructions to the, to the illustrator, um, Timothy Himes, he's the illustrator on this project. And I'm asking, like, I want the reader to feel like they are the third person in the group. And I don't mean, like, third person as in third person perspective. Like, obviously, it's all third person perspective. There, there might be some panels POV, but that's, that's not what I mean. Um, like, if you're in a group of people and, and you're shadowing them for a job and they're like, come over here. I'm going to show you how to operate this console. That, that's what I mean. I want, I want you to feel like you're a part of the group, a part of the action, and they're having conversations in front of you with the intention that you are included in the conversation. And I think that would be a really good way to draw people into, you know, a very dialogue-heavy situation. I'm going to pause here for a minute. Oh, man, this is really disappointing. I came out here to cash a check, but I, I don't have the check. I have money. So, I mean, I still do what I needed to do, but I thought that I had to check in my bag and I, I don't have it, but I mean, it's not like going to make much of a difference. I got a 40 something dollar check from the government because they overcharged me on taxes. Yay. I mean, I'm glad they're honest. That was months ago, but whatever. We'll, um, I'll cash it when I cash it. So I was talking about with the artwork. It can be so good that it makes you flip through the pages too fast. Just trying to get next to the, to the next sequence. Or you could have so much dialogue that when the reader turns the page, they get an immediate, like, nosebleed. You know? You don't want to give your readers anxiety because of wall of text. Wall of text does not make for good storytelling. And that's something that you really got to be aware of as well. So I'm trying to figure out where am I going to go? I guess I'll go to Home Depot. Um, what was, what, where, so where was I going with that? Anyway, with the punchline, yeah, that's what I was talking. Punchline is, uh, it's a good story. I feel like the art overshadowed the story and so it was more of a light snack for a story. But it was still like, oh, I don't mind my kids reading this. This is fine. This is good. And then it's really cool artwork. I'm looking to see, are there going to be... I, I, so speaking of Antarctic Press, they have a, a book from back in the day called Gold Diggers. I think that one was a really, really good episodic adventure. Um, it very much felt like a lighthearted, 
action anime type style and it had it equals amounts of story and artwork matter of fact the, the the lettering has a personality of its own i think they do a really good job with the story and the and the banter and the lettering and they draw their panels in such a way where the panels and the lettering have their own personality i suspect that it's done by the same person so a lot of that can get lost in translation and i'm learning that i have to have some very close conversations with the illustrator during the thumbnails process in order to convey the emotion i'm trying to convey so it's funny too that when i i'll write out a scene and then he'll draw the thumbnails almost exact opposite of what i had in my head and i'm like okay like i'm trying not to rock the boat on stuff like that like if i envision somebody holding a gun from a certain angle in a certain position and he draws it just totally different that's fine i mean that's He's the artist, you know. You got to give him the freedom to do stuff like that. It's a little bit shocking to me to watch the story take its own life in that way. Because in my head, I've always seen it a certain way for a certain number of years. And if I were, if I could draw, then I would probably draw it that way. But since I can't, you know, I really got to take a passenger seat. Um, so th- that's what's going on. I think we have enough thumbnails for the rest of the of the book and it looks like it's going to end up being the first and second part of the story with some changes with some minor adaptations um when the thumbnails are done we'll begin the illustration process but i just want to we want to flip through all that and get a feel of what it's how it flows before we commit to the next portion of the story so i'm still excited um He was working on heavy drawings for the last comic and now he's working on my stuff and this is where we will start to see more development. I'm also going to be waiting for more character turnarounds because I've already seen Steve and Allison but you guys haven't and Kyson we haven't even begun and I did get some drawings of my characters done a few years ago but but we're not going with those designs we're going to do something else. So anyways I hope you guys have a good day. I had some other stuff I was going to ramble about, but I think this is long enough. Um, one other side note, I got zeroforhire.com for you guys to be able to see my work as it's coming up, to have links and connections to all of the things that I'm working on, um, not just Substack. Substack is weird. It's not bad, it's just weird. It's Most of the links are going to take you to my Substack, but like when I get the app... I don't know exactly how it works. It just seems like there's half the features missing on mine as a creator. So I don't the, the feel for consumer is different. And I want you guys to be able to have connections to everything that I do. So I got music stuff that I'll be talking about, putting up songs, um, videos, things like that. You should be able to get all those things. I'm also looking at um, the chat function on Substack versus... Well, I'm not going to say verses. I was looking at YouTube community notes, but YouTube is, you know, there's another election year coming up. And so they're going to be real censorious about stuff. So I don't know if that's, I don't want that smoke. Just trying to build my community. Substack is there. YouTube is really good for growing your community. So I'm on the fence. I just want to make sure that I have all this infrastructure in place. So in the spring, when I start networking heavily, 
that we're able to actually do something. Um, so any suggestions you have for that, I'd love to hear them. And um, I'll talk to you guys soon. I, I might do some podcasting today. I really, I might not. I don't, like I said, I'm really in an annoyed, bad mood. If this ibuprofen kicks in and my body stops hurting, then, then maybe. Anyways, I got to go get this stuff out of the store. So I'll talk to you soon. Bye.